What up, what up, what up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Love God, Love Sex podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jamie. Here with Heath Maxwell. What's going on, everybody? Great to see everyone or see you. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Before we get into anything, remember to subscribe to the channel so you can be aware of any time we post new content. Don't forget to leave comments on this one and any other videos we have up and yes. check us out across all our socials at Love God Love Sex Pod. That's on Facebook, that's on Instagram, on TikTok. But without any further ado, we're going to get into the episode today. This one is called Romance in a Stone. Mm. And essentially what we want to talk about is how people fall in love. Mm. Is there a difference between falling in love and choosing to love someone? Um, and then can you build a long-term relationship off of just falling in love? Yeah. So do you want to say something, Heath? You want to jump yeah, in? yeah, I did. Well, I just wanted to jump in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, this, this topic for me is because so much of what I learned about love and what it meant to be married or be with a long-term partner was about falling in love. Mm. This idea of just giving your complete self and being completely smitten, but that's kind of complicated nowadays. It just seems falling in love is just as easy as falling out of love. And there's, there's no barriers to stop you from falling out of love or right. You're just going to fall in and then you're going to fall out and then you fall in and you fall out it's just cycle. And so I'm, I'm pretty kind of interested in seeing how we continue to explore this topic going, going for, uh, forward. Well, your exploration is really from the sideline cause you've already, <laughs> you have your forever well, already. Well, I, yeah, well, I have a committed partner. Yes, I, I do, but I don't say I'm necessarily in love. I, I love the mm. person, but I'm not necessarily in love. And so I think that's the difference that we have to kind of talk about right now. Well, that's a great Man. place to jump into the conversation. Let's, let's talk about that. So when you're talking about being with a committed partner, you don't necessarily feel in love, but you love the person. Just talk about the, I want to talk about this too, but I want to hear your, your differences. What makes that difference for you? So falling in love to me is being totally engrossed in the other person where you're constantly maintaining this like affection arousal, right? So it's always this heightened arousal uh, of affection for the person you're calling mm -hmm. and that can be manifested in, right? Texting, calling, following up with the person, uh, always being around them, wanting to do things for them, shower affection, whether it's words of affirmation or presence or quality presence or time, you're constantly just being gross with the person. I believe when you love someone, You've arrived at a state of commitment mm. where you are making a heart choice and a head choice. What do I mean by that? When you make a heart choice, you still have that affection there. It's not as high, right? The arousal is, 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 is not, it's not peaking like it once was, but you have a deep resonance and connection with them. But there's also the head part. What's the head part? You're making a conscious choice every day to honor that commitment and to honor that love by best serving them and thinking about the needs of the whole or their needs and sometimes your own needs because your needs are part of the whole over what you may be feeling that day. So that day you may feel exhausted, tired, angry, horny, uh, um, lost, depressed, deep, you know, sullen, sad, whatever it is, you're always processing, continually to process uh, life through the lens of that love and that commitment every day you're saying, I'm choosing to maintain, heal, and be a part of the greatness of this partnership, even when it doesn't feel great, even when I'm not at peak arousal anymore. That's what it means for me. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I went through this uh, kind of 
you know, I went through this kind of process with yeah. my ex-wife and then one of my recent partners, uh-huh. um, with my recent partner falling in love with her. Well, let me back up. Before I got married, I didn't really believe in falling in love. I always really believed in love being a choice. Um, mm-hmm. Most of the relationships that I saw growing up, I didn't really see that falling in love or, or that what you talked about being totally engrossed in that person. I saw people who, despite all of the difficulties that they were facing, they chose to stay in their relationships. They choose, chose to work them out. Mm-hmm. Um, and they chose to kind of forge ahead through things that they were going through issues, problems. Um, and so that was my understanding of what love was. Love was definitely a, a choice that you saw in action. It might not have been, you know, I think this person is, is the most good looking person in the world. When I see them, I'm ready to tear their clothes off. To me, those are the things that I saw, uh, were associated with being in love. You know, Mm -hmm. it was more Mm -hmm. about the infatuation or the obsession with the person. Um, And so what I was about to say was when I got married, I didn't necessarily have those feelings. Um, It wasn't like I was head over heels. I really saw this person to be a wonderful choice as a life partner, somebody who I knew I could build with, somebody I knew who was reliable, someone I knew who was enterprising, who was going to be um, make strides in their career. Someone who I knew was going to motivate me, who could, who could help me be the best person that I could be. But I just didn't really have those. Oh my God. Every time I hear, think mm. about them, my heart flutters or I got butterflies. I didn't get that. I didn't yeah. have that. But here's what I will say. I learned that just because those things aren't present in the beginning doesn't mean that they can't happen. Because there was a point where I think I did learn to fall in love with all of the good that I got to know about this person. Um, now with on the opposite of that, when I had this younger girl, I mean, just super bad from head to toe. I'm talking about everything about this woman appealed to check, the check, things check, that check, I check. liked. All the boxes, my guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she was incredibly beautiful and sexy and I felt like she made me look good when we were out together. Um, and I was coming out of a divorce, a separation, just like a really hard emotional period. So I think I kind of needed that, you know, falling in love. It was very unanticipated, almost kind of like falling. It was very sudden. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't something mm-hmm. I was thinking of or planning for. And so what came with that was she appealed to everything that was in my ego. Mm. Or every, it was just really feelings was what I'm saying. It was a lot of fluff and a lot of the things that we, that Disney's big for is, is made known for that the Prince Charming or the princess scenario where, you know, like, again, everybody loves this person, loves looking at this person, always has something good to say about them. But honestly, past how she looked and the surface feelings that we had, there was really nothing there. There was really nothing to sustain uh, a relationship. And so I would say that's pretty much the difference. It's like when you're in love, it's all about the things that appeal to, I guess, a, I don't want to call it a basic nature, but, but, but a surface nature. 
Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. somebody's looks, their infatuation, you're obsessed with spending time with them and seeing them and hearing from them and and having their scent on you or around you. Yeah. Um, but the love thing is definitely, like you said, it's a head and a heart choice. I liked how you phrase that. Yeah. Now, yeah. I will say this. I would never tell people you can't, you cannot bring together and have and experience a dope relationship just based off of surface feelings. You know, I I've seen mm-hmm. a lot of couples who started as, you know, maybe just hooking up or just in a casual scenario, but a- along the way they start getting to know more about each other and they say, Hey, we actually have more in common than just this physical spark. And so that kind of turned into more of a long-term scenario. So I would never say a, a relationship can't be built on that, Yeah, but I just think the difference is, when it happens in the beginning and it stays surface, it's th- that's what you're talking about. It's easy to fall out, just as easy it is to fall in. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I'm glad you brought up surface feelings because I want to shift and talk about sex. After all, we are a sex podcast, among other things. Can sex make people fall in love? Because I want to, and I want you to dig into this concept of being dickmatized and pussy whipped. I happen mm. to think they're two different things because they're using two different contexts. I think digmatized is like a woman is like swirly eyes and sort of like the weasel from Roger Rabbit. And then <laughs> pussy whip usually means a man is so destroyed or crushed or controlled by his woman that he can't do anything. So it doesn't it has two different connotations, but I think it is appropriate to talk about both these phenomena in this larger context of can sex make you fall in love with somebody? I think so. I mean, as as a person who has been told I digmatized somebody before mm. and seeing how they allowed me to. Man, I'm about to open up, bro. But it's like, come on. Well, the, whatever the you're comfortable was, with. The sex was like, I always say it, make, it, it makes me feel like a king. It made me feel like a king that I could, you know, basically just like whip it out at any given time. And like, she was just ready, just there, ready to jump on it. Or she just made me feel like every day of the week, she was texting me about, oh my God, I can't wait to have it again. And all I could think about is you. And you know what I mean? Like you made me scream or you made me feel like no one else has before. And I mean, would I say that's falling in love? I I don't know, but I feel Mm. like what we're talking about that obsession that's the feeling and the energy that I was getting from the things that she was saying on the other foot though, I have been so pussy whipped that the credit card comes out more or you, you, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm putting the bill for things that I don't, that aren't, that's not really my expense. It's, it's 24 pairs it, of Jordans. It, hey man, you, you know, you might, you might get on a uh, fashion Nova and get a couple of dresses <laughs> when somebody got that some jeans. That's a good thing. Somebody got that gushy gushy. Hey, listen, man, you, you might get some apple bottoms when those were hot. That's when it was happening. You <laughs> the know boots with I mean? the spurs too. The, the, the seven for all mankind. Those joys that was like 125, 130 beans. <laughs> I was doing that. I was doing that. But I think honestly, bro, I don't know if it's really pussy whipped is necessarily about being crushed. As much as it is, I think it's really the same. Mm, I think the manifestation is different in that 
most of the times when you see a dude that's pussy whip, they're also possessive. Cause that's just a natural trait of a man when they, you know what I mm. mean? Like they, they won't let their girl go anywhere without them. They don't want their girl to be anywhere without them. They don't want dudes looking at them. It's like, nah, son, they're like, that's mine. I got to have it all the time. I don't want nobody else to be around it. Um, but I think when, when women are digmatized, they, they're not necessarily possessive. They, they may get a little crazy. They may key a mm-hmm. car up or something like that. But I, and I mean, no, actually, when I'm thinking about it, maybe that is a, a manifestation of, or expression of possession. Like, because I think you might be out here giving it to somebody else. I'm busting, I'm breaking the windows in your car. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Saying about. Yeah. What was that Martin Lawrence Lynn Woodfield movie? A thin line between love and hate. Thin line, bro. But I, and, and I mean, I don't even know if he was digmatized. I think no, was no, just, I, he played with the heart. He went beyond digmatized. That, and that's what it, see, he played with the heart. That's see, that's a game of digmatization that is very difficult to play. Like if you get somebody, if you listen, I done been up in the guts before and like beat it down and, and had chicks hooping and hollering and screaming for the lot. As I used to say, I used, I used to get them saved because they call on God so much. But it's like, you know, I have never been in a situation where I tried to play with a woman's heart on top of that. Well, that, that's not a dangerous tried to game. Stoke the flames of their emotions, even though I knew they were catching some based on the sex that we were having. You feel me? But, but, but that's what get, we're getting into. It's like, so the sex is leading to deeper emotions of connection and falling in love. And we know some of the chemical reactions behind that, you know, oxytocin and, and all that. Mm-hmm. But when you start to, I think, leverage wordplay and commitments, <laughs> dangling, I love you know, you. Tell little, 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 little commitments in front of them. You know, I really would like Facts. you to meet my homeboys or I really would like you to go here with my homegirls and meet this person, meet that person, come with me to my work event. The lines get crossed and people start, you know, developing feelings. And it's one thing if people because sometimes I think both people are fooling around and those feelings can develop. And then they're mm-hmm. trying to work out and navigate and negotiate what those feelings are. It's another thing when someone who's kind of in predator mode, man or woman, you know, he, she, they, whoever it is, and they are moving in predator mode because they're trying to accomplish a goal, probably getting, you know, you know, um, you know, uh, for example, maybe it's just about a certain level of sex or the type of sex they want to have with that person, or it's about, getting that person to give up something of themselves, right? So the credit card or, you know, I'm moving in for a couple of weeks because my apartment needs to get worked on and a couple of weeks turns into a couple of months to a year. You know, people have these little <laughs> goals they try to achieve and they try to use the sex to, to control people. Mm. Let's see the dick or whatever uh, that they, they may be moving. So I do think that sex can create the feelings of falling in love. I just don't know if it really means people are falling in love, but you know, in conceding that point, I think going a step further, I still have a challenge with digmatizing pussy whipped because I struggle with really trying to understand how people define it because of what the results are or what the criteria for the results are. So what I mean is, is a woman digmatized when she's paying the meals, taking them on trips on her BMW, paying for those, those flights to Cancun or Tulum, black folks in Tulum like every day now, you know, paying for Tulum or Barcelona. Is a man oh, pussy Dubai. whipped? That's when, another place that black people love going to Dubai. Yep. Yeah, Dubai. There's black, black folks go to Dubai, right? Is it pussy whipped when a dude just really wants to 
uh, when the dude is just putting the credit card out? Or is it like I said, what I perceive to be when, Hey man, we going outside to the game. You want to come with us? Ah, uh, you know, I got to ask her because, and then, you know, because, and I can't make a decision without referencing her or getting her opinion or her two cents. Now we know some of that is just good couple dynamics of communication, but with pussy whip, it goes, it seems to go a step further. And that's where I'm wondering, it doesn't seem to really match up with the whole falling in love scenario. Um, no, but it is still, I think it's still kind of, it goes hand in hand with, um, the, the base or surface nature. Cause it's really just appealing to this thing that you love so much, uh, that you get from them. Mm-hmm. That's, that's why I said it, it kind of manifests differently for men and women. Like uh, to your point in this scenario, right? If guys are asking you, yo, son, we going to get some food after, after work today, you want to meet up. It's not even, I need to ask her. It's no, I'm going home. I just want, I just want to be laid up in this joint all day and all night. It has, it has proves it right now. commandeered every fiber of my being, every brain cell that I have. I'm thinking about her being up, laid up in the joint. That's, yeah. that's to me what p- pussy whip is. Got now, it. what okay. I was talking about, the manifestation, though, it, it, it plays out when, in this way, I think, for men, they get so caught up in it that life changes for them. Like people start seeing so. them withdraw, like everything becomes about the woman or every, it's like, yeah, everything becomes about that woman. She can say, you know, well, we, I've had a history of going to my family's every Christmas for the last 10 years. I meet this girl, I get pussy with, nah, nah I, ain't, I ain't even thinking about going to my family's. Uh, we, wherever mm. she want to go, I'm going with her. Got you it. Know what I mean, I could be making 150 right here in New York. I get caught up with this girl. She's moving. To, hey, man, do we got an office in L.A.? Can I move to L.A.? You, you know what I'm saying? They get caught up. I'm talking about their whole life becomes about that. Yeah. Now I see what you're saying from your definition of pussy whip, which I guess is obviously different than mine, but that makes sense where, you know, I see the hesitancy in confronting certain issues in the relationship because the pussy's so good. And I've even seen it with men where the woman is very beautiful. Like when you have a really bad woman, mm-hmm. and I mean bad, not in the sense of this is just a judgment, but there's social proof. Meaning when you walk down the street, you get with your homeboys, you get with your crew. Everyone's like, yo, that right there, she is at least a nine, 9.5. Yo, she may even be a complete perfect dime. When dudes have that type of woman and they're getting that kind of social proof and it's really just status. They're getting that status because they, they're getting elevated status in their social circles because they have that bad woman there. I find dudes find it very hard to reel any, any of the rela- issues in the relationship because they don't want to lose that 10 status. That 10 status will take guys further. And so to me, that's not even so much sex oriented. That's more visual and status oriented mm. well visual mm. oriented and then of course the result is it, it elevates your status it, it lifts you up and you saying the differences with the digmatizer is really about the physicality of the sex well that that's 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 one perception i think one one way of interpreting it that it's really about he's putting in that work 
he's digging in them guts. He's right. cleaning out those pipes, all those old man phrases for sex. <laughs> Facts. Cleaning out pipes. Um, and because of that, because he does that so well, women are putting up with, again, not willing to reel in any of the issues of relationship because, yeah. right, you still are so caught up in that orgasm game or that love game, that lovemaking game where he just, you know, takes you, know, you to a higher, deeper level. Mm -hmm. I, I, it's a deeper, a deeper, <laughs> deeper depths. depths. And not in the Lord either. <laughs> <laughs> Only in the they, church. They, over, they overlook red flags. Oh, yeah. I heard it said on, um, what's this, the podcast that we like, uh, we have horrible sex? decisions, okay. where one of the girls were like, yo, good dick is a prison. It's hard mm. to get out. It's hard to get out. <laughs> so I yeah. think that, that's the energy behind dickmatization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, and I guess for some some interpretations of that, even for some women, is like you may not be giving up the credit card and the condo and the BMW and the trips to Tulum and Dubai, but you just may be in an unsatisfying malaise, just walking around, kind of like trying to figure things out, and you're just like, uh, right in, in your in in your inner self, but you're not breaking that because this dick is so good, right? The sex is just too damn good. And mm. So I think that's that's another form of it as well. But let's let's shift the conversation back to uh, what we talked about earlier about falling in love versus commitment to love. And I think that's really where that's the money shot, right? That's where where the, the, the there's the bang for the buck. Let's start talking about something: attachment versus connection. What's the difference? Mm. Mm. Ooh, that's a good one. <clears throat> to me. Attachment is kind of couched in there are these uh, these differences that we have that create a better outcome. So I may be good with <clears throat> uh, doing duties at home or, or organizing things at home, and you may be good with finances and things like that. So I will our attachment is kind of based on these things that we may not be good at that we complement each other on. So it's not, it is, it's not necessarily uh codependency, but interdependency connection to me feels more like, or maybe I said that backwards. Yeah, connection yeah. is really, is really kind of about interdependency and attachment is about codependency. Got it. And so I think, I think that's a perfect. lot of times. Yeah. 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 I was going to say, I think a lot of times with, when we're trying to form <clears throat> connect, we, we probably want to form more healthy connections than we do attachments. Things that you're attached to eventually, I mean, everything has a timestamp, you're going to have to detach from it. And sometimes it can be hard to, if you're so, again, if we, we're talking about being pussy whipped or dickmatized, you're so caught up or attached to this thing, it becomes uh, kind of like a, a, a detriment or, or it hurts to get away from. Whereas mm. I think with a connection, I think about that more as like an ACDC. We, we balance each other out. There's yin and yang there. We balance each other out, but we don't need each other. We, we, we help each other to create this better outcome, but we can do everything that we're doing on our own. Yeah. And I think that was perfect, man, because attachment, you're right, does have this deadline, this timeline to it, whereas connection, Connections may end or connections may go through ups and downs, but I think underneath connection is this understanding that you're willing to maintain 
the sacred space that that person needs to be themselves as they continue mm. to evolve with themselves, as they continue mm. to evolve who they are. And other thing I think that comes along with connection that's super important is this idea of consent and trust. And consent now is in the news a lot, especially the last couple of years with Me Too. It's important conversation. I, I mean, I think we can't stress consent enough in any relationship. Right. But as you continue to talk about commitment, one of the things when I think about consent is that consent becomes necessary um, for understanding what you can do with that person and for that person, sexually, physically, but even emotionally. A lot of times we get involved with people and we're in our relationships with the people that, that we say that we really love and we're not giving them the space to process their own stuff or we're trying to start taking over their lives, micromanaging every aspect of their life or micromanaging their emotions and recognizing where you sometimes have to really, I mean, concretely communicate, hey, this is what I'm thinking. Do I have your permission? Or, hey, this is who I'm, this is how I'm perceiving the, um, the situation, or this is how I'm perceiving our relationship right now. Can we talk about this? Really going off based off permission based interactions as opposed to making assumptions and trying to control. And I think that matters for sex, and we know why it matters for sex on many levels. But I also think, again, it matters for the emotional connections or the emotional interactions you'll have with that person as well. Man, I'm just thinking about permissions and consent mm -hmm. um, as it relates to attachments. I feel like a lot of that is not there. there there's a lot of assumption and attachment mm -hmm. and the permissions and the trust. And like you said, a lot of the more of that is in the connection. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think attachment also deals with possession, owning. Mm -hmm. This is mine. Yeah. You're mine. That's my man. That's my girl. Temptations, my girl. But <laughs> <laughs> so they, they said, I got sunshine on a cloudy day. Yeah, exactly, exactly, know. exactly. But I, I think that that's where you know you you get the need to possess and own, and that's where a lot of things uh, go awry, and you miss out on the opportunity to really bond with that person on terms that they're comfortable with. I think uh, the great writer from. Uh, Village Voice, Dan Savage said, relationships are partnerships, they're not depositions. And it was mm. in reference to how sometimes we try to just really with a with surgical precision, get involved in the lives of our, of our partners in a way that's very invasive. Policing them. Policing, almost having this, yeah, police-like investigation or interrogation <laughs> posture and not really double checking and, and along the way of how you're saying, Hey, is this working for you? Do you like this? Are we still in agreement? Um, you know, I heard one guy tell me he was a pastor. He was like, you know, they're not from New York city, but being here in New York city is every while, every, every, I guess, couple of year or a couple of times a year, he'll go to his wife and say, Hey, I still feel called here. Do you feel called here? Is this still mm. working for us? Check-ins are good. Yeah. Right. And so I right, still getting that consent to be here so that he's not railroading over her and what maybe her ambitions or callings are and finding that, that level of agreement to kind of keep moving forward, keep moving forward. And I know we're kind of getting to the end of our time here, but one of the things I did want to touch base on you with one of the things I think that, that love does in modern society is we deal with this idea that 
that your desires are manufactured. And what do we mean by that, right? This idea that you're seeing a bunch of images on the TV screen, you're seeing a bunch of images on the internet that are telling you these are the beauty standards. This is what you should be after. Right. And some of us, all of us sometimes fall victim to that and we get engrossed in those beauty standards as opposed to finding and identifying what really works for us. And then we have to go through the process of pulling through all those layers of falsehoods and lies and marketing to find out who's the partner that works best for me in my evolving self. When we talk about desires being manufactured, what do you think are the best ways for people to confront this kind of idea that, hey, you know what? I'm always trying to fall in love with this kind of person, whoever this person is, the geek, the jock, the smart person, the, the, the person who's really, you know, really, really good looking, but not that smart or, you know, people going after their types. What do you recommend for people when they deal with that and they, they come to that conclusion? How do, they, how do you recommend that they detox from that when they start to recognize or they should be recognizing that, you know, my desires are manufactured? I mean, that's hard, bro. Bringing people to a level of self-awareness that they may not have or, mm -hmm. or have been exposed to on the regular is, is hard. And I mean, we say this often or I say it often, nobody's built to go without. So if I think I deserve this and this is what I've been going for, I've been chasing, I've been seeking, regardless if it's manufactured or not, that's, that's what I'm going to expect. And that's what I'm going to go after. Um, but I definitely think doing inventory, asking yourself this question that we've heard, how has what I've been doing been working for me? So if, so if my, uh, my tastes kind of lean towards the model-esque chick who could be on OnlyFans, who, who everybody's liking her pics on IG and like, I need the dime or I need the bad chick or this, that, and the third. If that's what I decide to go for, I just need to know these are the problems that come with this type of woman mm. or these are the problems that come with this type of man. And so if I'm doing inventory, if I'm looking back and I'm saying, well, yo, the last five chicks that I tried to talk to fit this description and all of them either cheated or they did this or is that is like maybe I'm I'm aiming in the wrong direction, you know, looking for love in all the wrong places. We've heard that a, a lot too in yeah. life. So it's yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, again, that it's that takes some self-awareness that I don't know. In this regard, in this, with this situation, topic, issue specifically of finding a loved one, a mate, it's really hard to tell people what you want might not really be for you. I think it's really hard to do that. Yeah. Especially if they feel point. like this is what they deserve. Yeah. And I think you're right. People, when they talk about their falling in love, it very much is tied into this concept of entitlement. And this is what I deserve. And I have a right to be with this type of person. I'm finally owed. The universe is finally working out for me and working for me. That's a big part of it. But we know a lot of times when you get out of the superfluous, superficial language, you're starting to like work with yourself. Or if you're dealing with a friend, talking to that person saying, hey, dude, you're saying that, you're saying you want to be with this person, but you brought up a great point. This person comes with this type of responsibilities because every person has responsibilities. You want to be with a mm -hmm. writer. You're talking about someone who's going to be whole, you know, walled away or hold away for six months working on the next novel. Isolated, you want to be a yeah. high powered financier. That's early mornings, late nights. And I think when you get into attachment, that's well, they should, they should do the early morning, late nights, but still make time for me. But what about them? Whereas the connection is, you know what? 
I understand that. Maybe we could do some trips. Let's work this out so that both of our needs can find a way to, to be met. Cause I have to understand I'm creating that sacred space for you to be you in your respective profession. Just to keep it you know simple with profession to get even what that person's emotional life is like working those right. kind of crazy hours. So, I mean, yeah, man, I, I think, you know, connection is always going to lead in helping us deal with our attachments and the ways that our attachments are just rooted in falsehoods or really good marketing, but that marketing may not apply to us and our lives or who we are, or what we're supposed to have. So that, that definitely is that. So this is wrapping this up right now. Any final takeaway that you want people to walk away from this kind of this episode about falling in love versus being committed in love, this idea of being romantic and romancing, as we call romancing the stone, a little Mike Doug work. <laughs> For all the 80s babies who don't really know. Um, yeah. Go check out that movie. <clears throat> romancing the stone, Kathleen Turner, Michael Douglas, classic rom-com. Classic. Um, but on it, I mean, it, it it really kind of takes, like I said, some self-awareness um, to know what you really want out of a relationship or out of a situation. I mean, if, if you and the person that you're talking to, kicking it with, have decided it's just going to be casual and, you know, y'all don't really need to lay down too many ground rules or there's not the demand to have, you know, all of these different types of conversations to make things uh, equitable for both of you. Um maybe you can just rely on getting what you, getting that those surface feelings and everything that you're going to get from that. Maybe you like, some people like attachment. Some yeah. people think they thrive better in that kind of environment where yeah. it, it's really just about us getting what we both want out of this situation, not yeah. necessarily about what we're putting into the situation. Now I've heard yeah. somebody say this before. If, you are in a relationship for what you can get out of it. You should get out of it because, mm -hmm. <laughs> because, um, as you know, my ex-wife used to say this relationships are always about the other person. And the longer you get to know someone, um, you are going to have to make the things that they want and they need just as important as the things that you want and you need. Mm -hmm. For sure. For sure. So I think for me, my takeaway is this idea of just taking time with yourself and with the other person to understand what your needs are. Oftentimes you overlook the ideal opportunity to mate or bond with someone because we're really going off of programming that is unfortunately very unhealthy for us because it sets these expectations of demonizing someone or attaching to someone as opposed to connecting with someone. Again, man, you know, this is a great convo. Everybody check us out. Uh, on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook at Love God Love Sex Pod, also YouTube at Love God Love Sex Pod. Looking forward to seeing you in the next episode. Thanks, Jay. Take care, everyone. Peace.